Well, welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Delegate Your Reporting, Part 2. Here we go. So earlier we talked about why to delegate reporting and why, and there's just a number of reasons besides just getting work off our plate, right? There's managerial economics 101, yeah. our directs, broadening of our directs experience, exposure of directs to our boss and to our yeah. peers, and the fact that, you know, delegating reporting is relatively low risk. So hopefully we convince folks that they're going to, there's wisdom in delegating reporting. So now let's talk about how to prep for delegating reporting. What do we got to do to... To figure this out. Yeah, we, we'll get a whole section in the cast on this, right? But, but it's not a lot of work. You know, in the past, there have been times when we've skipped some of the simple steps. And people have said to us, you know, hey, give us the details. We like the details, right? So we, we hope this is an overkill. But, but look, in this part, prepping for delegating your reporting responsibilities, right? Uh, what we're talking about here, it's all going to be done by you at your desk one morning or one afternoon, preferably in the week when you're going to start having one-on-ones and start doing the delegations themselves, right? Okay. So so we just don't go up to our directs and just hand them this this uh, fur ball of reporting. There's a, there's actually some work involved in doing an effective delegation. Fur ball, huh? Yeah, fur ball. <laughs> I like that. Fur ball. Okay. So yeah, it's just going to take a little bit of prep, but it's not much. We just want to walk you through the steps and we're not going to gloss over it the way so many management development people do. So look, what we've got one, two, three, four, looks like um, four steps, four, four things you've got to do. All right. The first one, the four are you got to inventory your reporting, what you're responsible for. Then we recommend you segregate it into thirds and we recommend then that you delegate the bottom third first. And then we're going to repeat that, that mantra we've talked about before, which is choose your directs based on skills, needs, and or their desires. So take one at a time. Let's walk through all, all four of those. So look, what you do is you sit down at your desk. You start with reviewing all the reports you're responsible for creating and forwarding. Uh, you got to keep in mind that there are probably some reports that your directs are already doing that are going elsewhere in your organization, perhaps with your knowledge. Perhaps, perhaps without, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. You never know. If you've got an admin, folks, this is easy. Ask him or her what are the reporting we have to do on a regular basis. There's some stuff she's doing or he's doing now that you have completely forgotten that you own. And if your admin is doing it, you could certainly give it to one of your directs. Now, you might say, well, wait, the admin makes less than one of my directs. Yes, but the directs still need the developmental opportunities and the exposure uh, as well. And they could also work with your admin. The admin could put some stuff together and the direct could forward it and they could be seen as the one that's responsible for it. Okay. Pay attention to reports that are web-based or electronic that essentially that essentially happen uh, as a function of updated and so on. Um, they're probably thought of as part of the work itself in a technical organization. You're still or we're still responsible for those. And so care, think carefully about your role in them and how you might be able to delegate them. I mean, look, it may just be that they're rolled up with other similar electronic reports um, and you just check them, right? But that checking is a form of reporting uh, and you can probably delegate that as well, okay? So you get a list. Maybe there are five, maybe there are 10, maybe there are 15 uh, reports that you own. You owe to your boss or to other parts of an organization or peers or what have you. Okay, and, and given that we now have a list, I just sense this rank ordering is somehow gonna come up. 
Yeah. Yeah. Rank order your reports by the risk of failure. In other words, which ones will you get in a lot of trouble for if you mess up or if your direct messes them up? Uh, it may be based on who gets read, which ones get read by the most people or the most senior people. And you got to say, how much damage could this one do if it isn't prepared and forwarded professionally? And, and by the way, prepared and forwarded professionally means if it has bad data in it, or if it says something really bad, right? If it's a report that you stink at, or not the report itself, but if the work you're doing, you really stink at, and it's a high-vis thing, and you're trying to fix it, you may not want to delegate that report because you may want to know it better than you know any other thing because it's the thing your boss beats you up on, and that's why you're there is to fix this one problem. Yeah. And then look at it. Different managers are going to weigh each report differently, right? Yeah. That's, that's fine. You, it, yeah. There's going to be some, some diversity of opinion on that. The point is that you know, and frankly, maybe only you know, which reports carries the most risk to you and your team or organization. And, yeah. And don't, don't sit there and do mean. nothing, right? You, what you're saying is don't sit there and do nothing because you're not certain what the official rule is about which one's more, more or less risky. Trust yourself, make a list, rank them. Yeah. It's not terribly complex because, because our next point is we're not going to worry about the first two thirds. We're yeah. going to delegate the bottom third first. Right, and the chances of something that's terribly important that's in the that you put in the bottom third is actually in the top third is fairly remote. Yeah, exactly. And so, if you want, if you're not certain, if you've got something, well, I'm not sure if that's a three or a four. It doesn't matter. Just write it, write down three slash four, and then another one gets a three slash four. That's a tie because really, you could easily just do it as A B C, right? Yeah. The A ones you're not going to delegate. The Bs you're likely to delegate, maybe, and the Cs you definitely could delegate. And you'll start with the Cs, right? Because we recommend that you start with the bottom third. So you've got A's and B's and C's, and you start by delegating you the, those uh, reports that you rank as a C as lower risk. Okay. Not necessarily higher reward, just lower risk. That's the key. It's not, it's not high reward. It's low risk. That's where we're focusing on here. Yeah. And and now, now look, another thing though, don't give away all your reports all at once, right? Uh, it's going to scare you. It's going to worry you. You're going to be deluged with requests for help from people who are doing something for the first time and you're going to hate it. Uh, you know, you're, you were going to, you're going to wish you were doing, just doing them all yourself because these directs clearly aren't ready. And all you do is answer questions around here about reports. And is any other work getting done? Oh my God. Oh my God. I hate <laughs> this. I should have never followed those guys' recommendations. Right. <laughs> so don't do that. I mean, if you've got 15, right, most managers don't have more than about 10 or 15 reports. Right, that you have to send out, if that. If you have 15, that's five reports we're recommending you're consider delegating in the bottom third. Don't delegate all five in one week if you're not comfortable delegating. The bottom third is the most we recommend delegating to start off. So if you have 15, the bottom third is five, and let's say you have 10 directs. I'm making this up. Of those five, maybe choose two Right, you've got the five. You know you're going to start with those, but but you're not really comfortable delegating, and so you want to dot your eyes and cross your t's. Particularly if you're a high C manager, right? So take two of those, choose your best two people, and delegate those two, and go through two of them and think of them as training exercises before you delegate the next three of those bottom five to some other people, and wait a month or even two months before you delegate that middle third of your 15 reports. It's okay. Make sure you're past the point where you're still going to be answering questions from those first five that you delegated. And if you wanted to delegate one a month over five months, that's fine. Okay. Don't do it all at once and then choke on the amount of uh, failures that are happening. And all of a sudden, look, from a boss's perspective, if all of a sudden your reporting is going haywire, it's like, everything okay at home? 
right? They won't necessarily think, oh, somebody else is doing it for you, right? They're right. just going to think, why are your reports bad all of a sudden? I don't like that. Reports are the easy part of your job. And you won't get very far Tell them, oh, I'm giving to my directs. I mean, if you handle it well, your boss might say, wow, nicely done. But you want to do it slowly enough so that you can handle it and so that if there are bobbles, the organization can handle it. So let's go back to, to how you picked it, though. You, you said you have 15. We're like at the bottom third. There's five in the bottom third. Um, I'm not really comfortable with delegating yet, so I'm going to pick two. Are you just are you suggesting then that I pick two and just then randomly assign them to folks? Or yeah, because generally manager tools is all about randomness. And yeah. I, <laughs> randomness is my favorite thing in the whole world. Okay, good. I, I just think I just I just I just yeah. want to make that call clear. Me, yeah, call me random. <laughs> I'm Mr. Random. Random. That's, Mark. that's what our listeners want. They want random, random uh, recommendations and random yeah, uh, career random. results. That's sure, it, yeah. it's all about randomness. It's a good thing. <laughs> no, look, you choose your direct. You choose which direct. You once you've got your list, you already know what you're delegating. You're delegating the bottom five, right? The only question now is who to focus on, right? Who to give it to? And, and you and basically you make a list of your folks and you ask yourself, what are they good at? What do they need in terms of where you think they're going? And, and, and what do they want? Whether they agree with you on what they need and what they want, that's two different things, right? Too many managers make what to delegate too hard by worrying about how you feel about the work itself, which hopefully you're not too tied to reporting, or about what the right things, you know, where's that book of what's officially supposed to be delegated first, about what the right things to delegate are. We have two general principles, and then we've got some specific guidance. The first principle is, and we've shared it before already in this cast, effective executives over-delegate. They give up as much as they can, and they free their time to focus on the things only they can do. Only they can do. And if you're too busy and you know there are things only you can do and you're not doing them, everybody knows you're the one not doing them. And folks, that's risky. And it's risky because you're not choosing to delegate to free up the time you need to get those things only you can do done. I'll never forget it. A a number of years ago, a junior person um, that I was associated with was complaining about the chief executive of his division of this firm, a very successful guy, not publicly known yet, but now is actually publicly known. And he was sort of complaining about, you know, how easy his job must be because the chief executive had a car and a driver and a housekeeper and three assistants and a travel person and a personal aide, you know, to carry his bag and so on. And the young person was complaining and he didn't realize that the jobs at the top of, of big organizations are so big that we don't want our top few people doing anything ever, ever other than what they and only they can do. And believe it or not, those senior people often privately wish to not have to have every decision they make be a big one. That's what wears on them is they don't get any free time. They don't even get any play time. Everything is important and thousands of jobs and profitability and stock price and the future of the firm is riding on it because they have done such a fabulous job of delegating and the organization spends money to help them delegate something to everybody else. The CEO does not worry about her schedule. Someone else is making those decisions. There's guidance given. Here are the five things I'm going to be working on and nothing else gets on my calendar, but the details of that is done by something else. CEOs of billion-dollar companies don't say, I want 15 minutes for this one and 30 minutes for that, followed by a 15-minute break to do this and do that. An admin, an executive assistant is taking care of that, and probably more than one if it's a multi-billion-dollar company. So are you suggesting that I probably shouldn't be spending time figuring out the uh, play schedules on the organizational tennis courts? Yeah, that's that's the old Jimmy Carter thing, yeah. Yeah, true story. I mean, I just read recently that really is a true story. It's not apocrypha, but but, uh, yeah, probably. 
Probably not. Um, and, and you know what? That's the danger of being a high C or even a high D, a task-focused person. No one will ever do it as well as you with as much detail or as much verve. And, and so you never let it go. Yeah. And and that is one, you know, right? We've said before, on the S-curve from management to executive, it's the ability to delegate. And managers get good at stuff. And they think they got promoted because they got good at stuff. And then they wonder why they can't be a good executive because they're still doing that stuff rather than doing executive stuff. <laughs> yeah, and for those people who missed the reference, there was a a president of a, a fairly large country of 300 million people or so Yeah, that, that was, in fact, doing just that, figuring out schedules of people. In the, northern, in the northern and western hemispheres in the 1970s. Yeah, yeah, but we won't get any more specific than that. <laughs> yeah, a, na- a Naval Academy graduate. Okay. <laughs> now we're, who now who we're we respect there. enormously, by the way. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Second principle, we mentioned two principles, right? Second principle, we don't delegate our biggest responsibilities, right? In the juggling koan example, it's the five big balls, right? If it's, if it's big to us, if it's something really important to us, it's gigantic to our directs. They won't be able to handle it. So we hold on to those big ones. We've recreated that here for reporting in terms of thinking about reporting and what's big by dividing them into thirds based on risk. Look, you could delegate your biggest reports. Unlike your biggest responsibilities, though, because your biggest reports are not your biggest responsibility. It's reporting. It's not, it's not work. And that's a mistake some junior managers make. We encourage you to think about risk, but the fact is reporting, every report you do perfectly doesn't take the place of average work. You don't want to report perfectly on average work. You want to do perfect work even if your reports are average. And of course, bosses would say, no, I want perfect work and perfect reports, but there's less risk in delegating reports. So reports tend to be at the bottom third of your work anyway. And then the weakest or the, 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 the lowest risk of those reports is at the bottom third of the bottom third, which would be the bottom ninth. So it's the bottom bottom 10% of your job. Although obviously it's not, the math doesn't work there. And finally, our specific guidance about how to choose among what's left is to base it on the directs, right? It's not based on what you need. It's based on what your direct skills, needs, and desires are. Yeah. Look, you start with skills. If somebody is good at something, this is a way to mitigate your risk, right? If somebody's good at something, all things being equal, delegate those things to them. Okay. If they need to develop in an area, delegate something in that area to them. And if they want to grow in an area and you you agree it makes sense, not that they need to, but that they want to, choose something there in that arena for them. Yeah, the fact that you you delegate something that they actually want to do, what's... Yeah. What's the, what's the problem with that? Dude, exactly. Yeah. So the point of this is that you think not so much about the work itself, about the report you're talking about, but rather the direct. We've seen managers get stuck on what to delegate when in fact the better question is really who. That is really when you look at a responsibility you have, the what of it, it's easy to come up with reasons why only you can do it. But when you flip-flop that and you say who might be able to do it, you might come up with more than one person, and that's going to help you motivate, give up that thing that you previously thought only you could do it, or you could only do it better, right? And, and let's be clear, managers who say, I can do it better, you're absolutely right, right? We know managers, many of you, are fearful of your directs not doing something as well as you yourself do it, and that is normal. If you're feeling that your directs won't be able to do it initially as well as you, you're totally normal, it's a good thing. Right. And, and unfortunately, that's why so many of us don't delegate. 
Yeah, it's normal, but it's also ineffective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Our resting position is ineffective for work, right? It's normal to want to sleep. Unfortunately, sometimes it's ineffective to be sleeping at your desk, right? Here's a way to think about that. Your directs are not going to do it as well as you. They are likely to do it as well as you did it the first time you did it, which you have forgotten how bad that was compared to your relative ease at doing it today right? The fact that your directs aren't going to do it as well as you today isn't the question. The question is, as Mike would say, whether they will do it as well in one to two to three months and whether that future state is better for you and them and the organization than today's state. And that makes it worth that brief dip in performance during the transition that you have to go through. And nobody will argue, nobody will sit here and argue that it isn't better for them to be doing it in four months after you take the brief dip, because the four months goes on forever and the brief dip is over in a short period of time. Exactly. In the past, we've we've already walked everyone through how to delegate, right? But sometimes we get to recover things and it's useful to refresh in some of our longtime listener skills. So... So let's walk through real quickly how to handle the delegation conversation. What do we what do we say specifically in the conversation where we're delegating this reporting task to our directs? Right. It was as if we knew what we were doing years ago when we put this cast out because we're going to use the same example from the delegated report delegating cast, right? How to delegate. We, we used an example of, of of a report preparation, right? Because we knew all along that reporting was not as important. Reporting on work is not important as the work itself. Okay. So there are actually uh, seven steps. It's, 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 that's overly detailed, folks. Don't worry. Um, but this is the kind of stuff we talk about the conference when we do delegation. It's very simple. We'll give you the guideline. There are seven steps, and we're going to walk you through how it sounds. So the guidelines is first you state your need for help. Then you tell the person why you're asking them. Then you ask them to take over the responsibility. And only then do you describe the task in detail. Then you state whatever deadline and quality standards are around the work you're doing. You discuss what their reporting is, what their reporting responsibilities to you are. Now, in the case of delegating reporting, there are very little reporting responsibilities because you wouldn't report on your report. You would just get a copy of the report they prepare. Uh, And then lastly, you talk about whatever skill or training needs they have to do it. Okay. That said, let me walk you through. What I'm going to do now is tell you how it sounds, and then we'll go back through and and break that down a little bit, okay? So it would sound like this. I'd say, Mike, I need your help. You're my most competent and organized statistician. Would you be willing to take over the monthly statistical report? Yes. Right. And you say yes. And that's an important thing. We'll come back to that. And then I say to you, okay, now I got to describe it. Here's what's involved, Mike. Um, You've got to turn this thing into Peggy Brown by the last Friday of the month. So I'm going to need it on the last Wednesday to review it, at least in the interim. And then at some point, you'll just be turning it over to me at the same time as, as, as you give it to Peggy. It's got to be 100% error-free when we forward it. I want you to give me an update each Tuesday, the last Tuesday of the month. In the beginning, I'll actually want to see how the work you've done and make sure we're on the right track. So based on that, and you've said yes, what do you need from me in order to do this? What can I show you? Whom can I direct you to to help make this go smoothly? Okay, now. Let's go back through. For those of you who haven't heard it, haven't been to a conference, didn't listen to that cast very briefly, let's talk about those four steps, the seven steps. The first thing is, Janet, I need your help. Or Mike, I need your help, right? I'm actually stating my need for help. Folks, get over your ego. Tell your directs you need help. 
They love it. Okay. Then you tell, I tell Mike why I'm asking him, you're my most competent organized statistician. I'm telling him what caused me to choose him. In this case, it was skill. Right, right. Versus having put your put their names in a hat and just randomly picking one. Yeah, right. People yeah. don't like that. I might have easily said, uh, "You've expressed an interest in developing in this area," or "I really feel like you need to get better at this." So this is how I'm going to do it. Right? right. Or before you're before you you can get promoted, this is a skill yeah. you need to have. Yeah, you got to have this. And I feel like you're not as good as you could be, and so we're going to make sure you get good at it. And this is how we're going to do it. It's going to be about real work. The next thing I say is, you know, would you be willing to take over the monthly statistical report? And I ask it as a question. Now, you'll note I haven't given details yet. Those of you who are high Cs, you're kind of freaking. You're going, oh, my God. No, 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 no. I couldn't say yes. Well, unfortunately, you're wrong. 80% of people who are asked by their boss, would you be willing to take over if you're delegated to your boss, something your boss has previously been doing? 80% of people say yes, knowing nothing more than the boss is asking and they need help particularly after they've been flattered by why I'm picking you or okay. what the rationale is specific to you. 80% of the time. So let's, let's talk about the 80%. So there's 20% that say no. So let's, let's talk about the 80% first. Why is that important? Why do we care? Yeah. Okay. But okay. This is great. This is great. It works both ways. Let's talk about the yes first. 80% of the people say yes. Think about it. When someone says yes, what does that change about their listening ability? When they've already said yes, before we start going through the details. In terms of mindset? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So if you say yes, then you're, you've made a commitment. You're going to do it, right? So now when you're going through the details, I'm going to take a little bit better notes, right? Yeah. And, and look, you're listening to understand what it is you're going to be doing. Right. Versus listening to figure out how to get out of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you, when, you, when you're, what are you doing when you, when you, when we don't ask? When we first start describing the task, if we hadn't asked first, what are you doing if we don't ask? You're looking for risk, right? Exactly. You're not thinking about whether or not you do it. You're looking for risk. You're looking for danger zones, right? right. That doesn't help you understand the complexity of it or the details or the, the broad picture. It just means you're looking for negatives. And you're looking so hard for negatives, you forget at the end, oh, there are really no negatives. But if in the end there are no negatives, I mean, yeah. how motivated are you saying yes just because there are no negatives? Right. Well, even if I am even if I am motivated to, to do it, I say yes, then, then I got to have you go through it all over again so I can take better notes. Yeah, exactly. So, so look, here's the other side of the coin, right? What if you, you said, what about the no, right? So 20% of the people say no, or they say, well, I have concerns. If you're in sales, you know this. This is called identifying objections and overcoming them early. If you said no, or, you know, I, I, I have doubts, say, I would say, okay, what are your doubts? Then you tell me what your doubts are. And when I go through the details, I can actually expand upon those areas that address your doubts. But if I don't know that you're doubtful, I just walk through my high level stuff, which for me is probably a higher level than you want because I'm used to this report, whereas you're not, right? And so I skim over things and then you end up telling me no at the end again, right? right. And then I'm, in, then I'm in, a, in a fix. If you tell me no, I say to you, okay, what are your concerns? And I address them in more detail and even better, I say, what are your concerns? You tell me, well, it's X, Y, and Z. I say, okay, good. That, that's good. That's very helpful for me because I definitely want to address those. If I can address X, Y, and Z, you'll be okay with it? You know what directs say? Yeah, they say sure. Yes. Well, they have yeah. to almost. Yeah. At that point, they yeah. almost have to. Yeah. And, uh, but by the way, let's talk about something else. Just a brief aside here. If one of your directs says no, they don't want a delegation, we don't force them. We're not implying. We don't ask questions because we're not going to honor the answer, right? So if we're asking a question, we honor the answer, which means if they say no, we say, okay, fine. And if we try three or four times to delegate to somebody and they don't dele they don't accept the delegation, it's like, okay, but they're taking themselves off the promotion track. They're probably taking themselves off the bonus track. They may be taking themselves off the uh, salary increase track as well. You just say, look, 
This is what happens. People get delegated to. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. But don't expect to be in your job in three years because your job is constantly changing in terms of growing and responsibility. And if you're not willing to grow your responsibilities, you're not right for the job in three years, period. Yeah. That's uh, now, folks, to be fair, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little bit too brusque there. I'm overdoing it. But that's the underlying theory. And, and, and we stand by it. Good. Okay. So you ask, so before going into details, you ask. If I say yeah. yes, then I'm I'm more You're much better listener. Much better listener. Yeah. I'm writing I'm writing down notes, and I've already seen myself doing it, so I'm going to pay attention. If I say no, then you have an opportunity to ask me what my concerns are and address that in you, when you're going through the details, and you have a chance to pre-close yeah. me. Exactly. Yeah. Now I want to mention one other thing. I didn't mention it in the how it sounds thing when I walked all the way through it because I didn't want to get into this much detail. I just wanted to give the good high level, you know, it's not right high level detail, but I wanted to give a good quick overview, right? But recognize we've got another step to go through, which is how to follow up. And during the process after the delegation, as we're transitioning this, we actually talk about a four step process where, and the four steps are, I tell you what to do. I do it and then you watch me, you do it and I watch you, and then lastly, you do it and I don't watch you. And this is sort of a standard training thing that we, we've actually had a, comp, we had a podcast about before. You would actually say in the delegate deadline and quality and reporting standards and the skill and training needs, um, steps F and G, you would actually say, look, this is how I'm going to transition this to you. But we didn't want to do that right then. We want to, because that's new. What we're just giving now is what we've already described as our delegating mo- our delegation model. But we're going to describe now how to handle the follow-up. And we recommend talking about this during those last two steps of the of the model. Good. The thing that folks got to get out of this is you ask the question of whether they'll accept the delegation before going into the details. That's the real key thing here to get. Yes, exactly. And we could go for another half an hour about delegation, but there's a podcast about it. We encourage you to go listen to the podcast about how to delegate. And we also have a podcast about what to delegate that nicely dovetail with this because it's as if we've been thinking about this stuff for 20 years. Yeah, you think. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Okay. So so we've asked, they've accepted, then we, then we go into details. We finish up on the deadline quality standards, the reporting standards, and then discuss any skills or training needed for them to be able to take on this delegation. So let's assume we've done all that. And folks, if you want more detail about all that, then go check out the the other podcast on delegation. So I've done all that. So now, now walk me through real quick how to follow up once I've delegated. Once they've accepted the delegation, what do I do now? Okay. Yeah, th- this is important. It's now we're in the, the, the McGuire hump of the horseman curve, right? Where we're going over that, that bit of r- risk behavior before, before we get to them handling it effortlessly or somewhat uh, effortlessly, right? And look, there's probably no one listening except those of you who have a real arrogance problem who don't agree that over time, as I've said before, our directs are going to be able to do anything as well as we do it now, right? The key thing is over time, not today, not this week, not next month, but over time. If you learned it, your directs can learn it too. The question then is how do we get over that horseman curve, the McGuire hump, right, that happens in the first few weeks or months as our directs are not able to do things as well as us? And the great thing is for reporting, it's kind of easy, actually. It's just four steps. I mentioned them already, right? It's similar to our guidance about how to be a trainer when you're coaching somebody, right? We, we, we try to make a distinction between coaching and training. Training is actually teaching the skill yourself. Coaching is being responsible for them learning the skill, but not actually doing the training. But there are times when you do have to train. 
and the guidance we we have for that is it's kind of corny. We generally don't like uh, alliterative acronyms, but we have a 4D model which says describe. In other words, I tell you what I do, right? Demonstrate, I show you what I do. Dipstick, which is they actually do it and we test them, right? And then debrief, which is you do it and I, I watch you and give you feedback on it afterwards. Describe, demonstrate, dipstick, and debrief. We, we have a four-step process for the handoff from, let's say, Mike doing a report to me doing a report. The first step is, is I tell you what to do, right? And, and let's, for the moment, assume that your reports are recurring, right? It's either weekly or monthly. That's a pretty standard thing. During the last couple of steps of the delegation model, steps F and G, when we talk about reporting and skill and training needs, we're going to describe, what we recommend is you describe these four steps, right? And here's what you'd say. You'd say, I've already told you what to do when I walk you through this task in detail, right? The steps I go through every week or every month. I'm going to do that again when this report is next due and you and I are collaborating on it, all right? I'm going to tell you what I do again And at that same time, I'm going to then show you what I do. And the whole point is you feel free to ask me any and all questions as we go, and I'll answer them all, you know, each time we go through this, right? So we're actually having that, we're saying this during the delegation, at the end of the delegation model, to describe the first meeting we're going to have. We're going to walk them through in the delegation when we describe the task in detail. We're then going to do that again the next time the report is due, whether it's a week or a month uh, from now or a quarter from now. Before I'm asked to do anything, you're going to describe in detail how this particular report in this case is produced and and prepared. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to describe it once when I delegate it to you. Here's all the steps after you've already committed, hopefully, right? And then the next time we get together, when I'm preparing the report, the next time, because the next time the report is due, I'm going to prepare prepare it. If I'm going to delegate it to you, I'm going to prepare it. And before I prepare it, I'm going to describe what I'm going to do. And then I'm actually going to do the preparation of the report. And I'm going to watch you. Right. Right. And that's step two. We say, I do it and you watch me. This is the demonstration step, right? Okay. The next report is due. I'm delegating it to you. I set up a meeting with you and I say, okay, this is the time I'm going to do what I normally do and you're going to watch me. Now, mind you, I started the meeting by saying, again, let me tell you what I do. And then I'm going to say, okay, this is time. This time I'm going to actually now do it. And you're going to watch me. I'm basically going to demonstrate what it is I do, my process for preparing this report. As I'm doing it, you can ask me as many questions as you like. Just to be clear, it's going to take longer to describe it and demonstrate it while I'm describing it than it will just to do it alone, either for me or for you. So don't worry about the length of time that this meeting, this collaboration, if you will, largely me doing it and you watching, how long it takes for this edition, this this version of this report. We're both learning and doing at the same time, and that takes longer than just you doing or just me doing. Yeah, and I don't think that's obvious and doesn't need to be said. It, it, no, no, it's got to be said. Yeah, it's yeah, got to be said. Because people are going to say, that was a two-hour meeting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right? No. No, exactly. no big deal. Okay, so now you you've just you described it, you've demonstrated it, and now let's say it's a weekly report. So next week, what happens? Because during the demonstration, you've done all the work. I've watched you, I've asked questions, but you've done it. Right. So let's just re- recap. We're in two. We're gone through two steps. I've described to you twice how I do it. Once during the delegation, and then once the first time the report is due after the delegation, I've described it, and then I actually do it in front of you, and you get to ask me questions. The next time the report is due. The second report that's due after you've delegated, we do the dipstick step, which is you do it and I watch you, okay? 
So I've delegated to you. And now it's the second time the report is due after that. And you're going to do it. And I'm going to watch you. And I say, okay, I've described it to you twice. And you watch me do it once. It's your turn now. You're going to prepare the report this time. And I'm going to watch you. You can ask me questions as you go, right? I'm going to ask you questions along the way. I'm going to provide you guidance, right? But I'm not going to prepare the report. You are. I'm going to do my best to keep fingers from keys and pen from paper, right? We're not going to be the dreaded IT person who gets asked to help and the, they come in and they say, get out of the chair, I'll do it for you, right? That doesn't build credibility. It doesn't build competence. It doesn't build capability in the organization to have the IT person solve the problem every time and act as if it was too hard for anyone else to understand. Yeah. You, you don't think my wife likes that when I do that for her? To her? Uh, yeah, pretty much not. Ah, pretty much. All right. Yeah. She's told me that too. too. Okay. Not, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll work yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah. You'll work on that. So, okay. That is now, okay. This is the second report that's due. So now, okay, another report process, another reporting period has come up. This is the third time the report is due since I delegated to you. And we're in the debrief stage, which is called the you do it and I don't watch you stage. Third time the report has been due since delegation. I say to you before the report is due, okay, it's your turn now. You're going to prepare the report and I'm not going to watch this time. I'm available for questions if you're doing it and you have questions. When you're done, submit it to me first before you officially report, right? Before you actually turn in the report, which is the official report, and then be prepared to answer questions by me and defend your work to me, right? Once you submit the report, I'm going to take time and review it. And I'm going to return it for you, for you to make corrections if, in fact, there are things that need to be corrected that it doesn't meet my standard going forward. Now, in the future, I'm not going to be editing, but I'm going to allow you to prepare it and submit it. Otherwise, if I'm editing it all the time, that's really unnecessary for even you high C's, right? I'm going to allow you to prepare it and submit it, and I'm going to get a copy of the report when it gets submitted. I, the fact that I've gotten a copy means you're telling me I've submitted it, right? Right. Now, look, if I'm not satisfied the first time, this is week three, right? When you're doing it and I don't watch you, if I'm not satisfied, you know, if I have to make too many edits this week, I continue with this step of them, you doing it and me watching, not me not watching you, but editing it until I feel I can trust you to submit it officially and then just provide me that real-time copy. And, and that's the low risk part of this, right? Which is you get yeah. a chance to review the results and in, until you're convinced that they can do that on their own and you don't have to edit it, you just keep going through the step. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, when they get it in your next one-on-one, -on -one, congratulate them, thank them for the successful delegation and the transition of the report. And I got to, the transitioning of the report, I got to tell you, it's a damn good feeling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Believe us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So summing up, look, we talked about why to delegate. You got managerial economics 101. You got to develop your directs, broaden your directs, expose your directs to more people. And delegating reporting is relatively low risk compared to delegating work. In terms of prepping, you got to inventory your reports, you got to segregate them, segregate them into thirds, and you delegate the bottom third first, but you don't have to delegate all of it at once. And then remember, standard manager tools guidance on delegation, choose your directs based on skills, needs, and desires. We talked about, we walked through the delegation conversation, right? And then lastly, we talked about how to follow up, which is, you know, I'll tell you what to do, I'll do it, and you watch me, and then you do it, and I watch you, and then lastly, you do it, and I don't watch you. Yeah, I, I hope people go out and do this instead of just listening to it and understanding intellectually. I hope they actually go out and do this because highly effective managers and the vast majority of executives delegate extensively. They do it all the time. 
Yeah. When you're looking for a way to start, most managers miss reporting. They miss it. They don't see it. We don't think about it as an option for delegation because reporting goes outside the team, right? And and often up the chain and that that has a risk associated with it. They miss that it's actually low risk in a different way because it's not about work performance and there are great benefits associated with it. So if you're the only one reporting, you're the only one seeing what the reports say and more importantly, what they mean. And if you delegate the reporting that you can, it develops your directs, it lightens your load, and it makes you a better manager and developing a developer of your team. And that's a good thing. Yeah. What's not to like about that? Yeah. Self-looking ice cream cone. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, my friend. Okay. Thanks, partner. Hey, we'll see you.